Hello, everyone. You're listening to Random Sage with Marianne from Revealing Light. How are you all today, wherever you are in the world, when you're listening uh, to me now? Um, hello to you. Uh, and I want to say, take this uh, moment here to wish you peace and goodwill, uh, because Lord knows we are a world in desperate need of peace. Um, I just want to pick up on the Australian uh, voice referendum uh, to begin with, and then we'll move toward the Middle East. Um, the referendum to provide uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, uh, peoples in Australia, a voice to Parliament, which would advise Parliament and the executive government on matters um, Concerning uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, it was a change to our constitution. We were asked, to, did we want to change our constitution to incorporate this voice? It was held yesterday right, uh, right around a solar eclipse, which is occurring in Australia now. Uh, and, of course, we're 15 hours behind the rest of, um, well, the Northern Hemisphere anyway. Um, it was defeated a resounding defeat, and unfortunately I predicted that uh, from the get-go, from maybe 12 months ago when the referendum to change the constitution in Australia was mooted, was a resounding defeat. Uh, I, and I uh, can only imagine how elders, um, members of the stolen generations in Australia would be feeling today. Uh, in fact, many have just... Um, close their doors, turn their their computers, phones off, and they are in a state of mourning. Now, um, the defeat was quite significant. Um, there were uh, no states where the yes vote got, off, got, got up, uh, except for the ACT. Um, it's a territory uh, which uh, incorporates... Canberra and uh, it surrounds, it's a very small enclave of Australia where um, we have our embassies, our parliament um, and our public service. Um, I know that Australians are not racist. I, I mean, like everywhere, there's going to be a portion, a subsection, and I do say subsection because it's below the, the norm here. Uh, there will be a subsection of, of racists in Australia, just like there is in any other country. But I do not feel, uh, and it's, yeah, I do not feel that the resounding no that was given was a result of racism. Um, I intuitively know that. I logically know that. The researcher in me, the, the analytical mind in me knows that that's not the case. The Australian that knows other Australians know that that's not the case. I think that it was um, it was a case of it's, it was a step too far uh, for most Australians to change the constitution. And I won't go into the reasons why they would have thought that most referendums in Australia fail. It seems like we are pretty risk averse when it comes to uh, changes to our constitution. Um, and so today, it's an interesting it's an interesting feel here in Australia. Um, there's sorrow, uh, there's uh, compassion for in the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who would 
be taking this as a total rejection. The voice was a supposed to be a gift to Australians to hear us, hear us speak. Will they legislate a voice instead? Uh, the current Prime Minister of Australia says no, but they will look at ways to work with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that really put the emphasis on the ground, from the ground up. Let's listen from the ground up. Um, as an intuitive, I feel further down the track. Uh, there was a good percentage of young people between 18 and 35 who voted yes for the constitutional change. I think down the track we're going to be looking at sovereignty for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and I do feel um, that that is on its way. Um, I think that kind of resounding no, I don't think anyone is really all that shocked in Australia because it's mirroring this this new reality where we're looking for um, we're looking for something new. We're looking. Uh, we're not looking for blame. Uh, we're not looking for recriminations. We're not looking for uh, to be whacked around the head um, with anything really. Um, and I keep talking about extremism. Um, we're looking for sound, solid, logical, innovative ways forward. We are tired of some of us <laughs> are tired of the same failed situations. We all know there has to be a new way. We're demanding, uh, we are demanding concrete solutions. We kind of feel like we don't want to waste any more time. Uh, and uh, we're looking at what works for the collective rather than um, rather than one way, my way or the highway, as they say. It's my way or nothing. This is an era of, I just want to say, like a collective bargaining, if you want to, if I, if I can use that expression, of our higher selves where uh, we don't want the same patronising, you know, memes and tropes and sayings and worn out, tight old, things that don't work anyway. Uh, we're looking for so, some strength because we are tired of seeing repeated fail, failings. So we've become a lot more cynical and uh, consequently our expectations are higher that our elected, uh, our elected representatives and bodies that we fund uh, will produce the kind of solutions that we have either voted or funded them uh, to do. If I go to the Middle East in all of this, in Gaza, what is happening now, what has happened with Hamas, killing and murdering the terrible crimes against humanity to the Israelis and then the resultant firing uh, in, into Gaza and creating a humanitarian uh, crisis in Gaza, cutting off water, cutting off electricity. These 2.2 million people are not Hamas in Gaza. They are people like you, me. Why is why has this happened? Why are the the same old players pulling this pulling the strings? Why are the uh, Middle Eastern powers 
harbouring, still harbouring terrorism, Hamas, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, ISIS, they're still very active in places like Syria and indeed uh, in Sudan as well, in Lebanon, Hezbollah, in Iran, what is happening to the to the Iranian people under the Ayatollah and the um, fundamentalist, religious fundamentalist regime. We're tired of a world that doesn't produce solutions, that we are continually drawn into this into this state of war and peril and insecurity and fear. Indeed, Russia's invasion into Ukraine in February the 20, 2022nd, sorry, February 2022, after two years of a world pandemic. <laughs> How did that happen? How is it that two years later, almost two years later, there's no real end in sight? How can, how can we not stop? How come we cannot stop the bloodshed and the uncertainty? Our old ways, our old structures are not working. They have failed us. They have let us down. As Pluto moves from Capricorn into Aquarius, thank God in, in that Pluto moves out of Capricorn into Aquarius in January, we are going to see some relief as the months and years go by, uh, there's a, there'll be a fundamental shift. Pluto in Capricorn serves the, uh, serves the elite, the rich, uh, corruptions in that corruption in our financial systems. That's the rise of the oligarch, the oligarchs and, uh, oligarchs are everywhere. They're not just in Russia. The the top one percent. All of that happened under Pluto in Capricorn. Uh, when Pluto moves into Aquarius, we have more more of an emphasis on collective. But collective. Um, but what we're seeing now are are the crimes and uh, and corruption. Crimes and corruption to do with money that are affecting us all. Did you know, for example, that uh, Israel has been a haven for Russian oligarchs fleeing Putin? They have their systems set up over there where you can bring, come in and settle in Israel, gain citizenship. Netanyahu himself, very close to Putin and also to the former president of the United States. Netanyahu put himself back into power by forming an alliance with the hard right, trying to take away the authority of the Israeli Supreme Court while he was facing indictment and charges for corruption. He took his eye off the ball, apparently. He was warned of what was going to occur and those warnings fell on deaf ears. And look where this has all got us now. So as Pluto moves into Aquarius, it is exposing 
the corruption of the oligarchs, if I can just put it that way, the very, very rich, the corrupted financial systems that serve only in a never-ending loop the top wealthiest people in the world. In a way, it's time for younger leaders with vision who are able to work in a bipartisan way. It's also time for accountability of our structures, the United Nations, which was set up to mediate, prevent, provide a forum where instead of going to war, these intentions and motivations could be stopped before they got to that. It's time for reform of the International Criminal Court. Still hasn't found Putin committed war crimes in Bakhmut. At the beginning of the war, it was we saw the vision. We saw on our TVs decapitated, decomposing bodies, tied up, executed civilians. The International Criminal Court has found Putin uh, committed a war crime in taking away Ukrainian children from Ukraine and taking them to Russia in order to reprogram them as Russians but I am not aware that it's found that Putin in bombing uh, playgrounds, hospitals, preschools, summarily executing civilians, I don't know there's been a finding there yet. Our high courts and I go to the Supreme Court in America, one scandal after the next, after the next, tied to the oligarchs, functioning for the oligarchs and our governments in America and around the world where government is tied to uh, not so much the present government in America, but certainly the former government in America under Donald Trump tied very closely to the high end of town, the billionaires, throwing business their way. In fact, it was a, it was a revolving door, his government, of millionaires and billionaires getting handouts and favours including himself, broke the emoluments laws many times over, enriching himself personally while being the President of the United States. How do all these things happen? Well, we're seeing them up close and personally now. We have no choice. We are seeing the fruits of the corruption that's been there for a very long time. It's bold. It's in our face. However, I think we're quietly moving toward change and the universe is supporting that change when Pluto moves into Aquarius 
It'll have, you probably can feel it. You're seeing the corruption of Pluto in Capricorn. But once we move into Aquarius, there's a whole different feel with more of an emphasis on working in a bipartisan way. on solutions that are new and innovative. Young people do not want this continual wars. In, in a way, as I said, it's time for younger leadership. But I have a feeling that the, well, for my American viewers, I have a feeling that President Biden is, is anchoring, anchoring, uh, anchoring the country as it moves towards change and into a new era. His Vice President, uh, Kamala Harris, very unsung. Hafim Jeffries, the opposition leader in the House, young, young leaders. So we're seeing a changing of the guard. And like anything that's allowed to move, that go on for too long and move into dysfunction, uh, it's it's a it's a messy change. All right, now I want to ask uh, here huh, the dust devil uh, moving out of stagnation. I just jumped out. I'm using the shaman's dream oracle and also the elemental oracle. I'm just going to pull a few oracle cards to finish this podcast. So, what is it that that we need to know about the current era that we're living in? Show me clearly what is what is it that we need to know about the current era we're living in. Let, someone pulling a lever. Um, resourcefulness. Moving out of stagnation and into resourcefulness. That's interesting. And the eye of the needle, intentionality, um, really laser focus around what what we want. And this is really what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying in this podcast that we are tired of things that are not working. We don't want to fail anymore. And there's a part of us that is uh, we want done with this with this era, this era of wars and. Uh, the Iranian influence uh, on the dictators that are just pushing, pushing wars, trying to take territory, trying to amass more, 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 more. We're done with it. What else do we need to know, please, Spirit, about the current era that we're in? Many masks. This is about finding, and again, I love the way these cards tend to sum up, in a way, um, what I, what the podcast is about. It's about moving toward our authentic self. We are no longer prisoners to one narrative. We know there are many narratives. So moving toward the authentic self, I want to underscore that. You do not have to follow like sheep. Anyone's narrative, you only need to search in your heart to carve out your own pathway. Take the mask off 
be who you are. Listen to yourself. Stop listening to others. Show me what we need to know about this era. Repairing the veil and forgiveness, that's interesting. As soon as I think one thought, we've got another. And uh, this is about uh, where there are where, where there is animosity to try and find a way toward forgiveness um, and experiencing life as it comes, going with the flow, moving out of continual battling and conflict and moving into the drift of life, a more peaceful. While the world might be around us falling, what we perceive as falling down around us, we, uh, we can still hold course, hold our own course, the drifter. Base of the pack is beloved, radical acceptance, and we are being called upon to move away from the, the one way, my way, or no way. We're being called upon to move away from that and have this radical acceptance, no matter where that might take us. Group think mindful. We are being called upon to think a little bit harder than what we have done before about ways that we can solve our problems, our collective problems. All right, what's likely to come when Pluto moves into Aquarius? I'm using the Elemental Oracle deck. What is likely to come when Pluto moves in to Aquarius? What is likely to come when Pluto moves into Aquarius? I'm seeing a butterfly, um, period of gestation, companionship and animals. It's a very gentle, gentle energy. Completion uh, in the West, interesting. Completion, the piece, last pieces of the puzzle are being uh, solved and building building again. Again, what are we likely to see in the future? A rebuilding, completion and a rebuilding and a gentler energy flowing through. Show me what we need to know about what is coming when Pluto moves into Aquarius. Connection, yeah, the world is actually getting smaller. That looks like um, the globe. It is the globe uh, and it's greening. Um, there's a greening here and new growth, the biome, right down to the cellular level, the soul and passion. Um, wow, this is we're changing our soul's path as a collective. And we're getting clarity on what is needed as we move forward. I kind of thought that is what's likely to happen as Pluto moves into Aquarius. A great deal of clarity about where we need to put our next steps. And we have life, breathe. I think that's probably a good place to leave you now. If you are anxious, take a breath and breathe. You are part of the collective, a very valuable part of the collective. I'll see you again next week for another episode of Random Sage with Marianne from Revealing Light.